welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. That's it. We're back. Hello, everyone. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and my computer screen is too close to me. Um, you know, your hair is large and charged, but it doesn't even fit on the screen. Um this is uh, Sunday Night Teacher Talk. If you've not been here before, what this is, is a space for educators to be who they are called to be. Um, and, and so we try to do that on Sunday, which is oftentimes like the most terrifying day of the week for educators, because just thinking about what went wrong last week. We're here to help you figure it out and hopefully go into this week feeling a bit more empowered and feeling like you're not alone. That It's you and like, you know, all the other people that are on here helping you out because when you ask a question it's not just me you don't know who's going to jump in the chat that might feel weird at first especially if you're new but then it's just people that are trying to help we're all i I feel like look i'm making judgment call here i think we're all slightly left of center and we are uh trying to figure this out together and so you are in a place where um you know i often say like teachers like us do stuff like this and so that's that's what we're doing today so if you have a question you have two options. You can either just drop it in the chat, put Q or question next to it. Someone's going to find that, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. And then those questions that are asked live will uh, get beamed to someone in Texas who's going to get beamed to someone in New Jersey who's going to get beamed to someone that's next to them. There's lots of beaming going on. It's like laser beams all over the place. And Or if you want to come on, you can uh, follow the link in the description box, and that will allow you to beam somewhere where you just have to put in like two things like it's basically what is it just your question you're, you're busy doing stuff um, a question and then just find the link for the broadcast and then here. that will beam you to the broadcast which you, you will, will get be beamed. in a green room you will not be live right you away. will not be, be live worried. right away you just be sitting at the bottom of my screen like james pete is Mr. right pete. now <laughs> and that's it i gotta turn the screen hello show the back door what's going on i feel like this has got oh it's because i'm like over more what's going on here Shirt looks a little wonky. What's going on here today? Um, speaking of shirts, gang, uh, I got a lot of messages this week. There are a ton of shirts that are available and other stuff. You get mugs, you can get shirts, you can get hands on sticks, you can get microphones, you can get bubble microphones. There's all kinds of stuff that's available on the website, realrapidreynolds.com. Um, but there is some kind of glitch in like the... CJ doesn't know. The, Let me explain. They have, there was a software update on one of the softwares we use, and it created a glitch with now our shipping is like the computer's just not understanding what we're trying to tell it. It's hard because we do ship from home and um, drop shipping stuff. So it's getting the computer anyway. to talk the right computer lingo. lingo. So it's getting worked on, um, and it'll be fixed shortly. Yes. So it'll be there again. There it is. Um, do you want to just jump in? Yeah, jump to uh, Mr. James Pete first. Let's go to Mr. James Pete. He's ready. He likes being on first. He does. <laughs> he always had the first question anyway. What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Oh, twice in one week. Yes, yes. We met on Fry Friday. Yeah, it seems like, gosh, every day seems like 60 days, doesn't it? Groundhog's Day, bro. It's hey, like did you mention buying merch? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that. I also wanted to just uh, let you know that I have a book available. Uh, also, so. well, coincidentally, I can take a drink. <laughs> it's a cool mug you got there. It is. It is a great. This is That's it, a nice by mug. Way, I highly recommend the mug. Hopefully, the next time. Well, I don't know about the shipping stuff yet, but I, with that new bonus that I got in my direct deposit today from the government, perhaps I will buy something new for next week. Oh, did you I get, get a direct, direct deposit from the government? Hmm. I hope so. Nice. All right, let's go. I'm just trying to give give the community you know some knowledge. All right. Um, so here's the deal. Like, um, I put on a brave face. I think we all do as teachers. And um, a video that that you made. Uh, gosh, I guess it was about a year ago. It seems like 17 years ago. It was. Um, your family was was going through some stuff um, with some deaths and. Um, I just, wow, I just got, my daughter just literally called me and bounced me out so I couldn't see myself. But um, you talked about uh, dealing with grief and um, it really resonated with me because I think, you know, you're talking, we're all a little bit left of center, which is 100% true. 
but I think most of the people in these chat rooms, you know, you, we put our hearts into this job and sometimes like other things get in the way of that. And I was just wondering, like, what are some things? Um, first of all, I highly recommend to everybody listening to this to watch that video. That's number one. But number two, like, like what, like just the, you know, with COVID and you're dealing with all of this stuff, like how have you been able to kind of keep your heart in the game? And, and, you know, maybe beyond just the eight to four thing that you got, which is a, a really something I need to start doing, but um, what are just some other things that, you know, when these things happen in your life, CJ, like you and Jen, I like what, what do you and your family do to kind of keep um, anchored yeah. in the classroom and out of the classroom? That's a really great question. Um, I'm, yeah. So that's what I was going to talk about. So um, this, my pastor who also does my spiritual direction stuff is, was saying recently that um, had this sermon about a pain plan. And so it's, knowing ahead of time what you're going to do to balance out some of the stuff that you're going through or to deal with some of the stuff that you're going through. And so, but these have to be like on your calendar. Like it, it's like written down, you know what to do because in the middle of that, right? Like I had a really hard time this week, like beginning of last week. I don't, I don't even remember what the, the kickoff was. I don't even know if there was one. I just felt like completely overwhelmed. There was too much stuff to do. There were all these things like business related that I had to do. Then. Um, one of my, my, my aunt died, my aunt Helen died, who's my grandmother's like last sibling. Then I had a student that was shot this week and killed. Um, and so it's like all the stuff on top of the stuff you're already dealing with is like, bro, what in the world? So I have to have a plan in place to deal with that. And that's for the little stuff. That's like a bad comment from a parent or a call from a parent. Like it doesn't have to be like death. But I mean, if you don't have that plan in place, you, you're you're going to be in trouble. So it's I think because what that plan does is it does two things is one, it's the discipline of showing up and doing certain things every day so that you are stronger. So you don't like wait till, you know, uh, you're in the Incredible Hulk moment to be able to call on the Hulk. It's like, are you training yourself mentally, physically every day? So in getting up early, getting up at five, meditating, praying, reading, doing all the things that I do. Um, that helps me to get ready for the day. So now I'm already operating on a different level than I would be otherwise. But when stuff happens, it's like, you know, part of the reason, you know, I jumped on the call with you all on Friday was a lot of times I'm it's just busy and there's stuff going on. I was like, no, I need to, I want to just laugh with people. I just want to meet up with people that there's no drama. There's no like nonsense. It's like, you just go and you know that like, you know, I'm not even going to just drop, drop names of like, who we interact with, but like some of those people, like, you know, they're just funny all the time. Like yeah. it's going to be some like witty one-liner. She knows what I'm talking about. And like, um, it just, it, it just takes you out of that moment for, for just that brief period of time. It's hanging out with the right people. It's hanging out with people that don't bring you down. It's hanging out with people that don't just complain all the time. Like trying to have friends that are on fire. Um, you know, I have that video called uh, Why Not Become Fire where I'm talking about like being mindful of who the people are that you're in the space with, like making sure that like our relationship, like the not so secret wife and I is like on the highest level that it can be on. Uh, it's spending just time with my kids. So like on Saturday, I just played Fortnite for like two hours in the morning. We are getting really good at Fortnite. We, I got my first kill and we got a, a victory royale. Which is just hilarious. I'm right? for that it's like we're forty-year-old married couple. We have never played a video game together in our life. The other night, we're just like, yo, we got like some beers. It's like, want to play Fortnite? Like, let's just do it because because I knew Brody would walk in and be like, what? Like, what are you guys doing? Can't do it like that. But then you start playing and you're like, that's fun. Do you want to play totally Fortnite fun. after this? Um, and so it's having those things in place, those friends, those people, those places. So like. This week, um, I think I'm actually going to call out a day. School, if you're watching this, I'm going to call out a day. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to do a monthly retreat where I'm just trying to go away for either a day yeah. or a night somewhere, right? So I think that the plan um, is this time it's going to Longwood Gardens. I'm going to stay overnight somewhere near this place called Longwood Gardens in Pennsylvania. It's like one of the largest, uh, like, I don't botanical. know, botanical gardens in, in the country. Um 
but it's it's building that stuff in and like i said that can be as easy as getting a drink with a really funny friend or whatever but like it's identifying that stuff beforehand so that when it happens you're not like wait what do i do what should i do usually she goes dude call (laughs) go do this take a day get some pizza like whatever it is it's like all right then you you rebalance you recalibrate and then you figure out especially when you lose someone like losing a kid this week it's like all right what are we doing now there's lots of recalibrating moments throughout the week we have a week like that like when it's big things it's not just one thing that that we do to to recalibrate and then we're all good right that comes up multiple times especially if it's death like that comes up at any moment, whenever the emotion arises for, for us, you know, a, a death in a family can, or a death in your life can cause. But I think it's coming up with different plans to know, and to know that you need to repeat those plans. It's okay to use the same tools over and over again, or that it pops up multiple times. It's not, it's not how many times it pops up is the problem, but it's how are we, what are we doing with the problem when it pops up? Those yeah. emotions and feelings. Well, I think, I think, you know, I, what I keep, like, I I tell people all the time with this job, you have to be, you can't play defense. You have to play offense. You have to be ahead of things. And I think that's the, the, I, sometimes though, you kind of, you kind of get behind the mess a little bit and and you don't see that, but that's getting your head right. Like, like you were like the five o'clock thing, CJ, I get up at five 30 every morning. That's a big thing too. It's just, um, yeah, staying ahead of all this stuff. And I think this year, I think the hard part of that um, has just been, there's been so much stuff. I do yeah. like the idea of the retreat. I may be doing the same thing this week. So if anybody from my school is watching, and I know there's two <laughs> there's of you. teachers on here. So like, wait, what? Huh? You're calling out. <laughs> well, I, you know, this is her last week. So I need to take advantage of her. Oh, being- there you go. Yeah. No, dude. All right, thank you. I don't want to take up any more time. I want to let some other people hop in here. Uh, CJ, as always, man, I'll see. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Jenna. Bye. Um. Okay. Bye. Like he was, you know, know, four miles away. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we got? Okay. So Daisy is next. She is asking. I'm a substitute in Central Texas. Our school went to 100% in person, and the teachers keep getting COVID. Some of us subs feel like we aren't able to keep the kids focused because of the fear of COVID. How are we as subs supposed to help the kids and continue their lessons as best as we can and help minimize their fear when the kids know the teachers are getting really sick? Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think. You oh, know. here's added. It says added info. I think this sure. was broken into like three sure, or four posts. Added info. The parents stop sending masks with their kids and the kids are confused on whether they are supposed to wear them. It's caused conflict between the kids and between the subs and the staff. But Texas, I mean, they went completely open. No man mask mandate as far as I know. Yeah. Watch your phones. Yeah, um, you know, I, first of all, I think that this needs to be a conversation that's beyond just you. Like I can give you some things that I would do or think about or, or consider, but this has to be a conversation that happens amongst all teachers, right? Like I get that there's like, there's the mask people and there's the non-mask people. And there's the people that believe that this is real. And the people that think that this is some sort of like government employee that like, you know, or whatever, Um, you know, it's, it's crossing that boundary and having a conversation because of the students um, that, I, you know, I wouldn't want to tell you to have a conversation with your students that's going to get you in trouble. But if we're talking about this is only ever about the student, like if education is only ever about the students, then um, it's considering just creating the safe space. So I think it has to do with a couple of things. One, it's creating safe spaces for students to talk about what they're thinking and feeling and believing. Right. And and not doing that where we're talking over one another, but we're actually actively listening to one another, because some students, you know, like especially young, young, young kids just come to school and they just say what their parents say. Right. It's like I voted. We vote for that. We believe this candidate's the best. And it's just like, bro, what? Like you're you're seven. Um, And and so I don't know that they're, you know, maybe some kids are informed. I don't really know. But like my sense is that most young people, they're, they're just sort of regurgitating what they hear at home. Um, which is like, you know, that's developmentally appropriate for them. Um, but it is 
having a safe space to learn and, and reflect and listen to what's going on around you, that's part of education, right? And I know schools say that it's not. I know schools say that we shouldn't be talking about things like Black Lives Matter or Me Too or, you know, whatever else comes up this year or COVID. Um, but if we're not taking what we're learning and then looking at it, uh, looking at the world in a critic through a critical lens, and figuring out where our voice is, what we think, feel, and believe, how other people operate, and how to have difficult conversations. What the hell good is education anyway if you can't do that stuff? So it's, but it's creating spaces where it's safe to do that, right? Kids aren't out on the street. This isn't the playground. This isn't the basketball court. It's a safe space where you can help facilitate those conversations. And I think that a lot of what kids are thinking and feeling right now. Just being able to talk about that, just being able to mention it means that it becomes manageable, it means that it becomes something that you you can, it's like, it's off your chest. It's out of your head. You've shared it with the world and now you're learning and growing with, with what's next. The, the other thing is, um, I think making lessons digestible. Uh, so I think, I don't think any part of a lesson, I'm telling you, man, this year, I feel it stronger than ever, like five, 10, 15 minutes tops, the end, like let's, and then we just, that's not the end of the lesson, but then we pivot. So like, we're going to do this thing for five minutes in the beginning. Then we have this 10 minute activity. Then we have this 15 minute thing that we're going to do. Then there's a five minute break or a 10 minute thing that we're going to do. It's constantly switching it up and not letting things go for 25, 30, 45, 50, 80 minutes in a class. Like it's too much. And so it is taking things in doses, I think helps students feel like they can do it. Like when you show up to school and you feel like you just don't got it today, but I tell you that, hey man, I need you to write in the beginning, but this is five minutes, bro. We can all do five minutes. It is rigging the game to win for students. And I think that doing those couple of things is really gonna help you out. But I think that where I would start is, talking to other subs or talking to the school and saying, Hey, what's your, like, what's your plan for this so that we can really help kids? Cause I don't, I don't know, like if you guys already have like a plan in place and you're not telling us cause we're subs, like it's touching base with principal, vice principal, school Dean, whoever it is, and really figuring that stuff out. Central Texas news in central Texas, my boy, Nick Pascal teaches, he's in charge uh, yeah. of stuff down there. So if Nick Pascal is on your, you're, uh, I don't know, he's part of your team, then you're in good hands. Why are you just going to reach out my hand? Um, what you got, buddy? I had another one. Just you had another one. Sorry. It's all right. Talking like this. Oh, that's, that's great. You like when I talk like uh, this. Manel? Manel's asking, I'm new in the field of teaching. I've um, committed many mistakes while I'm teaching, and each day I'm learning something new. Uh, has this ever happened to you? Have you dealt with it? Because I feel guilty. Uh, yes, I do it all the time. I still do it now. Um, this week, I try. So I, gosh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one that happened this week and not the other seven that happened this week. But I do um, put my foot in my mouth, say stuff I shouldn't say. I try and mail it in on a lesson, right? Like, I feel like it was like maybe Thursday. I tried to get away with like, I didn't, I, I had two kind of like two classes that are reading the same stuff, doing the same stuff, but it's like totally different levels. So the more intense level like this, which is like my lower level group my that, I'm, that I co-teach, like that takes a lot more work to get that re work ready. I did all that, but then like my other class that does more independent work, I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. And then I forgot. And then I showed up to class and I was like, oh no, it's not the same thing that the other class did. Cause sometimes I just do kind of can get away with basically the same thing. Um, I didn't, I wasn't ready. And in the beginning of class, I'm just like trying to do it. I'm trying to get it. But then the, the things that I set up, the reading that I set up didn't match with the, with the questions. I realized that the reading from the week before I had somehow cut like the last third of it out and the students never even read that part of the story. Now they're like, wait, where are they at? What's going on? What's happening here? It happens, right? It happens because life happens. Because like I said, there were two like pretty heavy things that happened this week. Um, And even when there aren't heavy things, even when I'm just tired, even when I just like, I'm like, oh man, like 
all right, here we go. Like just a lot on my plate right now. It happens. Here's what you learn. You learn from the mistake, man. I just know that there's times that it's going to happen and you get better at dealing with the mistakes. Like that doesn't freak me out. I don't get as like worked up about what happened or that something went wrong. Um, I had some really hard conversations today with, or this week, like with people in school where I kind of got put on blast and, um, and I had to pivot and just realize like, it's not about me. It's about you. And so you get better at dealing with those things, but it hundred percent happens to me. Like maybe one day when I don't teach anymore, I can talk about specifics of all this madness that I like, like if people really like, I don't, I don't know that anyone really knows, like, and I'm not judge, I'm not comparing my madness to someone else's, but things get real, man. And it's, it's crazy. That's, that's very true. So. Um, okay. Cody is asking, I'm a student teacher having a tough time feeling like an authoritative figure in the class. I think the students feel the same because they are testing me. Any thoughts on getting over this? This is such a great question. I love this question. I can't find it. Um, I had this similar question posted to me the other day. And I think that it comes in a couple of packages. One is really being clear in your mind. What does it look like to be that person? What kind of person would you need to show up to as to be able to really have the impact that you want to have? And so that sounds silly, but like, it's really like just sitting back and thinking about it. Like, what does this actually look like? Because without that sort of vision, um, it's difficult. So then once you have that vision, it's what do I need to do to become that person? Because so, so much of, of being an educator is you're always becoming something else, right? You're always becoming the better version of yourself for the students that you have in front of you now, because the students are never the same. I mean, you can teach the same grade for 20 years, but any teacher will tell you that grade, like this year to last year, the year before, the year before, like there's some similarities, but groups are different. Some years groups are fun and they're really enjoyable. Other years, it's a real struggle. Some years, some classes you have like the wrong combination of kids in and they're like a nightmare. And then you see those individual kids not together in other classes and they're like dream children. It's, it always just changes up. So I think in, in that um, it's thinking about and starting to look into what do I need to do to become the person I want to be? So that might be confidence. I think education is so much a confidence game. Telling a student to please stop Asking a student to step in the hallway and having a conversation, not getting all caught up in your words or what you're going to say is like, that's a confidence thing, man. There's like a level of swagger that needs to come with your being able to communicate clearly and getting to the point and holding kids accountable and wanting like being like confident enough to say what needs to be said to a kid and not backing down and not shrinking when, when that happens. So that, that's one thing. I think the other thing is having very clear not discipline necessarily in place, although that that's important too, but like, it's like, does your class is rolling? Like when they, when everyone comes in, do they know exactly what needs to happen within that first 30 seconds so that you guys can start jamming right away? Because education is important to me, man, because your life is important to me because I want to see you succeed more than anything else in this world. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of it, even you. And so it is putting practices in place. So like, the first 30 seconds is this. Now we're doing this for five minutes. Now we're doing this for 10 minutes. It's all up on the board. Everyone knows every single day what's going on. Reynolds, are we reading today? Bro, you don't even have to ask me because it's already on the board. And you know how, not only are we reading, what we're reading for how long we're going to read. And then what that does is it makes, I feel like it makes like class, not just this thing. Where I'm like, all right, everyone. Okay, everybody, can I, can I get can everyone get, get everyone's attention? I literally count down from five. You all need everyone's attention in five, four, three. And I go total Wayne's world on them and just go. And then I say, I needed your attention for 20 seconds so I can give the direction. So already I'm also going back to timing again. I need your attention for 20 seconds. And then I break it down. I don't make it longer than 20 seconds because the average attention span of today's youth, that sounds like an old dude, today's youth. Um, is seven seconds. That's what studies say, seven seconds. But when you're raised on Vine and TikTok, that's not very surprising at all. So you have a blip of time to get like, what, what do I need you to know without giving you a lecture, without telling you what's going to happen if you don't do it? 
bro, here's what we're doing right now. Right now, you're writing five to eight sentences in your journal based on this question. If you have any questions, raise your hand. I'll come over and help you out. You have five minutes starting now. And that five minutes is on. The end of that five minutes, unless someone was really struggling, unless everyone's real into it and they need a little bit of time, or unless someone had a little bit of a hard time starting and now they just need a little bump, you let that five minutes roll out a little bit longer. But otherwise, it's five minutes. All right, we have two and a half minutes left. Yo, Tim, I noticed that we haven't started writing anything yet there unless we're writing an invisible ink, which means you're a spy, which means I'm going to have to report you to the office in a moment because you can't have spies at school. But um, we're going to move on to the next thing in two and a half minutes. And that helps that now kids see it's like this. It's like Fortnite, man. It's like when the storm's moving in, you know, you got to move your ass. Or you're going to you're not going to get killed at school, but like you're going to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have a consequence. There's a consequence, which means that you're stuck in the storm. So, and then that's what you do for every single thing. So now it, it's like a train, man. Get on the train, bro, because the train's moving from stop to stop to stop to stop. We're not going back because you couldn't focus in. And I think that that's a good place to start. It is not the be all end all. There's all kinds of learning differences and kids and different ways that they operate and all that stuff and relationships all built into that. I think that's a good place to start with, with that. What you got? For sure. Thanks. Um, I always feel like Captain Kirk in this chat. <laughs> You're so strange. Ross Stewart is asking, I tutor grade 11 English to a great kid. We're reading Frankenstein and he hates it because his reading level is lower than it should be. Any advice for teaching books to kids in this situation? Um, I would teach something that, is someone knocking? Oh, because we put door? up a curtain for we put up a curtain for sound purposes, and also it helps my dog not to see me through the glass door and go like this the whole time. So, but now the children are not. Go ahead, see who has an appointment right now, I guess. Um, I would say my answer to that is audiobooks. That's part of it, but I think it is also... It's one part to, like, start, especially if you struggle with reading. So our kids... Um, like Marley's a good reader. She's just like a slower processor. Yeah. And so like it's reading just takes a little bit longer because it's harder to process, um, what she's reading. Um, and she told me the other day how much she's really enjoying. We're reading Harry Potter, uh, the series on audiobooks, and she's really enjoying audiobooks because she feels like she can just enjoy the book a lot more yeah. without struggling to like reading isn't so hard. And, and studies show that your your reading ability still grows, especially if you're following along um, and your vocabulary grows also from audiobooks, uh, just like it does when you are learning to read. So, you know, that I get pushed back on that answer sometimes, but I had this woman, I'm going to blank on her name right now because I'm getting old and I forget things. Um, that was on Teacher Talk Live when we used to do the show where I had guests on. And she was a dyslexia specialist. And she said, I want, I, so when I was talking to her, I said, well, giving kids audiobooks like that are dyslexic or that have ADHD or that have, you know, just scraffier or whatever they're, well, actually, that doesn't really apply, I don't think. But anyway, like that have some sort of learning difference. She said, I said, uh, isn't that kind of cheating? Like, like they're not reading, right? And so this is me, like asking real questions and not really knowing. And, and I think that that's a good place to start because it's being vulnerable. And she said, if a, if a child who was blind came to you, uh, wouldn't you give them Braille? And I said, well, yeah. She said, is that cheating? And I said, well, no, that's different. She goes, what's the difference? Like, and so what you're doing is meeting kids' needs for where they are. And the other thing I would think about doing is how can you make reading Frankenstein fun? Can you play music over certain parts of it? Can you read it as, can you find it as a play where it's essentially the same language, but like that you're your student is reading one part, you're reading another part, you're kind of getting into character and reading it together. You're playing little bits of music here and there. So you're like orchestrating the situation. Like, are we standing up and reading it? Are we sitting down and reading it? Like, what is that? Can you make the, the experience a little bit more enjoyable? And if that doesn't work, can we read? There's gotta be versions of, of Frankenstein out there that are either a comic book version or something else that even if you don't do that all the time, you're supplementing certain parts with the parts that you're that you're reading in class. Um, and if that doesn't work, and if you're allowed, can you just read a different book? Like just read something that is going to challenge that student that's going to be high interest to them, 
but isn't what everyone else is reading. Um, cause the idea that we have to all read these same books, like there's tons of people in the world that never read Frankenstein before and they're all right. Like schools decide what kind of Shakespeare they're going to read. It's still Shakespeare, but like, are you reading Romeo and Juliet? Are you reading Macbeth? Are you reading Julius Caesar? Like, um, or are you reading something that's a little bit more like, like, are you reading no fear Shakespeare? Like there's different versions of stuff that I think you could get into. Um, and, and then I think the other thing is connecting Frankenstein to that kid's life like there's you know what what is it like to be like the monster like frankenstein's monster what's it like to be an outcast what's it like to be misunderstood what's it like to be someone who's different than everyone else i mean especially dealing with kids out on low reading levels it's like bro you know what it's like to be the outcast to not fit in to have to do something different than everyone else like it's connecting those things so now i'm reading with a sympathetic heart now i care what happens to this character next um because all books are boring if you can't connect to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like the way that we connect, I just think of like off the top of my head, like uh, of Mice and Men every year, it's two old white dudes walking around them, you know, looking for a job during the Dust Bowl. What inner city kid hears that synopsis and they go, oh, actually, I think, <laughs> I believe I want to read that piece of literature. That sounds great. No, but when you're talking about friends and one of them is different and we're not even sure in the in the book, like, like there's like in a time where like nobody thought about folks that might have had special or different needs than than other people. It was like you're just stupid um, that you're going to ride for your boy no matter what, that if they get in trouble, you're going to get them out of town. That like it's it is about dreams, about like having dreams of sitting a bun around a bunch of people that aren't going to do anything with their whole life. But they just keep talking dreams all the time. And how are we actually going to do it? How can we make us take a step? to become what we are dreaming of becoming like that sounds like a book everybody can engage with everybody can get interested in everyone can love but you know as opposed to two white dudes walking around in the dust like trying to find a job come on kids let's read that <laughs> what you got ellen is next um if people don't know about it while you're doing that i'm going to say we have a newsletter now. There was a little bit of a commercial in the front end of this, and it is called Reynolds Ramblings because um, I'm Reynolds and I ramble a lot. And so it's really just like a handful of things that I'm up to every month I'm thinking about, that I'm doing, that I'm trying. Uh, and I got a request for this. So just like everything else, do like everything we do on this channel, if you're wondering how do I come up with ideas, if you, if you were even wondering that, um, it's because I just read the comments and I see what people want. Like the whole reason the book came out was because people ask for a book. The whole reason that we have a podcast is because people ask for the podcast. Um, the whole reason, everything. So folks want a newsletter, we made a newsletter. So me and Edie put together this newsletter. And if you don't know who Edie is, she's my, she's my silent buddy. That she's just, a silent partner. She helps me out with stuff all the time. Okay. Ellen is asking, I am working on getting into an alt cert teaching program. I have heard so many horror stories from students. Can you give a realistic view of student behaviors in an inner city school? Um, you know, Ellen, it really, really depends on the person. It's not even, it's not even the school. Um, and, and so look, there, there's so many layers to this, but there are no overarching behaviors that exist in inner city as opposed to suburban schools. Uh, and someone's going to push back about that. Someone's going to hate that I said that, but it's the truth. Kids are kids, no matter what. Um, now look, some of my students raised with two parents that really care. They have emphasis on education. They make sure that they get tutors and they love their kids and they help them. And they, you know, train, like train them. They like raise them and they have manners and they're great. Some kids got thrown a different life, right? Mom, dad's not around. Mom's working two jobs just to keep the lights on. Or mom and grandma are working two jobs just to keep the lights on. Or I have to live with grandma because mom and dad don't have it together right now. Or I'm living in foster care. Like, but that happens in all schools, right? Like where, I, you know, I don't care if your parents are rich. Do they care? Do they love you? Like that's going to that's gonna create a different child than, than if you have parents that love you all the time, right? So it's, it's, it's different everywhere. I think what, what it really means is, and, and look, I'll say this too. I taught in Camden, New Jersey, one of the poorest cities in, in the United States. And now I teach in West Philadelphia. Um, 
those schools are both Title I. They're both in all black and brown neighborhoods. They are both in like the northeast part of, of our country. The students aren't the same, though. There's there's like there's some similarities or some similar sh like like stuff they're going through, things that they love, things that they don't like. But it's not the same at all. Like I thought it was going to be a lateral move moving to West Philly. It's just not um, because where you come from shapes who you are. And so the values that existed in Camden, where I taught a lot of students that were uh, first generation immigrants from from their parents were immigrants from Dominican Republic, Mexico, Puerto Rico, somewhere. And now I'm teaching kids that are like all black and brown students that are not for the majority of them immigrants uh, to the United States. Like there's just different values. There's things that you think are important and that you like. I think the thing that you can do is to go to a school and then try and learn about the neighborhood, about the culture, about what people think is interesting, and then go to places that they, that folks are going to. So like, I say, if you're going to teach, like if you taught West Philadelphia, the two things I would tell you to do to really get a sense of who your community is, is go to a barbershop and go to a church. Like go, go to, like even, I don't even care if you're religious, you will see how people interact. You will see what people find is important, how they treat their children, like what, what the, the community's talking. You want to find out what the community's talking about, go to a barbershop. Um, and and just hang out for the day. Be like, oh, look, I'm teaching in the neighborhood. I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get a feel for what the neighborhood's like. And this is the spot. This is where people show up and and share. And you know, when we do things like that, um, when we don't just helicopter in, right? So like, there's this thing where like, if you teach in the inner city, so many people like helicopter in every day. They teach, and then they leave. That's the helicopter noise. They leave, and they don't go home a different way. They don't hear the kids talk about. Mount, uh, Malcolm X Park and then drive by Malcolm X Park. They don't hear kids talk about going to the gallery downtown and they go to the gallery downtown. They don't like where you hear students talking about things, referring to things. It's getting in touch with what they are coming from so that you can teach who they are. And I just think that there's so much value in doing that. And it's just such an easy step, but a lot of people don't take it. So um, that's, that's what I would do. And then talk to your students, ask them what they care about, ask them what they like, what they dislike, what they believe in, what they don't believe in, what they think is awesome right now. And that is going to inform you more than any book, because if there's one thing that hip hop culture and that pop culture have taught us is that nothing stays the same. Last year's students aren't always going to like the same thing as this year's students and so on and so on and so on. So it's, it's getting in like that. What you got? All right, our next question comes from someone who wants to stay anonymous. So this was a great idea. I didn't realize this was smart that the way the person did this. If you want to stay anonymous and um, not even have anybody else know your question, you could just use the Google form link to come on live, put your question in there and say, I don't want to come on live. That way you don't see the question in the chat. No one yeah. else can see it. It's completely private. Um, this was a great idea. I didn't think that you could even do that. But work anyway, anonymous. Yeah. Uh, they're asking, um, the admin that has been the most supportive is leaving in about a week and it's left me feeling overwhelmed about things going forward. I want to help improve the culture at work, trust, communication, et cetera, but I don't really feel in a position to do that. Any suggestions on ways I can make a difference without making the new leadership feel threatened? Uh, I think one, it's giving the new leadership a, a chance. Um, you know, I just think schools live and die by leadership. Like if you have weak leadership, then your school is just going to be weak. Like, and there's no, there's no making up for that. Like if the captain is not a strong captain, I don't care what the crew does, unless they throw the captain overboard and like, you know, then that's a whole different scenario, but it is trying to help it. It's trying to show up and, and show that you're a willing participant in what's going on. Right. And then if that doesn't work, Right. If, the, if you find out that your leadership has no idea what's going on, that they're they're terrible at what they're doing, then look, I mean, I've always just found the group of people that I'm going to get down with the most. And then I just surround myself with those individuals. And then we just get down like that. And then we make decisions on our own. Then when the staff meeting's over and we all just go going to meet at a different Zoom room or come to my classroom, we'll figure out how this is really going to go down, how we're really going to help kids, how we're really going to do this stuff. That, I think, is is what ends up happening. So it's, I think whenever you have someone new, it's showing up, it's shaking, shaking their hand or waving during COVID and saying, 
hey, look, this is who I am. This is how long I've been here. Um, if you need anything, let me know. I'm excited that you're here and I want to be able to, to help in any way that I can. That just puts them in the know and lets them know that they're not like it's it's can you imagine what it would be like to be a new leader and to show up for someone that was loved and now left and now you're taking over for it and are you gonna be able to measure up to them? It's just letting them know that you're you're down, that you're ready to do this. And in doing that, I think that sets it up nicely. But then if they don't have what it takes, it's like, all right, this clearly isn't working. Uh, and I push back against leadership. I, I do it all the time, but it's like also just figuring out what's going to work for kids. So um, I wouldn't sweat it because look, your goal is students. That's what you're, you're thinking about. And if that school doesn't work, man, I just think enough, look, I know jobs can be hard to get in some areas, but it's really like wondering if that school is a good fit for you. Uh, and if it's not to honestly look somewhere else, I have a question. If yeah. it's not a new admin coming in, but it's just an admin that was, so they say they have an admin team and they're not going to replace that person. Yeah. And that, that person that's leaving is the most, um, what did, what did they, the verbiage that they used the most supportive, um, what do you do with that? If so, a new person's not coming in, but like, how do you deal with your admin team if the person that was the most supportive left? All right, so just left with who you have. So last year, yeah, right. Oh, our pictures over there now. Uh, sorry, I don't have to grab it. Um, Cho, uh, I've talked about a million times. Greatest support I've ever had. Not the only support. There's other people that I had in school that I worked with. Like, felt like my assistant principal was really supportive, and whenever I needed him, he'd show up. Felt like my boy Meeks was really is always supportive of me and will help and stuff and stew and there's other people too but like um but show was like my ride or die homie like she just showed up would do anything that she could just we were a great team um everyone felt that impact when she left and so i think what it is is you getting together with those people that you are still there with and figuring out how you're going to move forward it has to be a team activity like like you know the like the mug says teaching is a communal activity it's getting together with those individuals and saying, all right, look, when we have a problem with this kid, when this goes down, when we're seeing a lot of cheating, when we're like, whatever the issue is, when we see a kid that just has a need, there's a lack in their life. How are we going to come together for this child? It's doing that as a community. And I think that that, um, I think that excites people because it gives them a sense of ownership over what's going on. Like that they, we got, we have control, we have power. We can do something about this. It doesn't have to be handed down from on high like as to how we're going to roll this out because sometimes on high doesn't know what they're doing. So it's like coming together to form those bonds. Um, yeah. It just shows like I've just worked for schools that have had really great leadership. And so I, I just. You've had both. Yeah, man. And it's such, it's such a blessing when you have it. It's so good. All right. Our next question is coming from Audrey. Uh, she's saying I am completing my, C med program at Texas state. Um, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Okay. I am wanting to choose books for my classroom that present counter narratives where students can see themselves in that space. Do you have a book list? Uh, I, so if you go on to, um, if you actually go in the description section of this video, there's an Amazon link and the Amazon link takes you to a store where like, anytime I mention something, I just put it in my Amazon store right and i make like two cents off of this when you purchase it so uh, i appreciate appreciate the uh, 25 cent kickback this year everyone uh no but like that's the only way that works it's the only way that i can do it um so if you go in there there are a list there's a number of books in there that that i have more often than not a way that i get books is either uh checking with like checking with other folks, it's just not enough. Like, like YA books come out at such a rapid pace. I just can't keep up. And I just don't have the time to read that many as I used to, but it is finding trusted individuals that will help turn you on to books or, um, by letting kids pick stuff. I tell kids to pick stuff all the time and having them, you know, if you don't know your students now, that's fine, but it's having kids, um, find books that they feel like they can see themselves in. Uh, really work. So I am working on a book list, but because I'm not allowed in my school building for any extended period of time right now, it makes it difficult to do that. But I am working on a book list. I want to make a list of like all the books I've ever had uh, because I have all kinds of kids and they've picked all kinds of books. And I just, you know, the goal is, is to have students come in and be able to see themselves in my library. And then, you know, bonus thing is I think 
how you set your books up. Like if you look at any of my videos and look at how my classroom is set up, I want books to look attractive. I want kids to go, Oh, what's that? Like, I know we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but that's what we all do. And if you go to like a Barnes and Noble, all the YA books are all faced out all the time, as many as they can fit on a shelf because the, the cover art's amazing. So it's creating spaces in your room where it's like well lit or you have book ledges. Um, if I could, every book in my classroom would be on a ledge facing out. I would have no books sitting like this. I just have, there's too many books and not enough wall space. Um, but that's how I would do it. Excellent. Our next question is um, from We Love Jones. Just been offered the school counselor position, torn on whether or not to take it. Obviously, it's a lot less class time. I think Thoughts. that's such a great question. First of all, really stellar uh, profile art there. Um, I is it windy or do we have a squirrel? Or is there someone? It's just windy. Gosh, that was I, I think. It is one, what do you want to do, right? So just because we're offered something doesn't mean that we should take it right clearly, but it is, do you see yourself loving that job? Um, if you do know that that, you know, I try and think about things like, will that opportunity create more opportunity for me to impact student lives? Um, and am I the only person that can do this job or am I the person for this job? So I, I, I've been offered any number of jobs over the years that I just felt like, nope, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be grade level chair. I don't want to be department chair. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be groomed to be like something like a, like an assistant principal or something. Cause it just feels like paperwork. Uh, what I like, I like the classroom cause it does allow me to have tons of student engagement in class and out of class. And I, it's not tied to paperwork. It's not tied to writing someone up or to having like a report on it. It's just like kicking it with kids. So I think if you feel like that's the fit for you, then do it. Like, like how great would that be for your students to be able to show up and, um, and be seen? So like, I feel like counselors so oftentimes, um, you know, I've, I've known really great counselors and I've known counselors that struggled and the counselors that struggled always are like so formulaic and like calculated. Um, like it's a doctor's visit when that kid comes in instead of like, Hey, what's going on? Talk to me about what you're doing. Like in good stuff and bad stuff, like what's your favorite cereal? What's your favorite game? Like, and when you can just communicate like that, I feel like that is really, really good work that you get to do, uh, when it becomes, um, it becomes community-based and not just so formulaic. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's a reason people get asked to do stuff too. I think we forget about that sometimes. Like somebody else saw something in you that yes. they felt like you were the one for that job. Yep. Uh, I think we're out of questions. Cool. Um, well, we're at about an hour anyway. Look at that. Well, look, I'm going to say this. Um, can I do a giveaway? Are you, Are you guys um, going to strangle me? No, go ahead. E no, Edie might, not me. I didn't have to do anything last time. God bless Edie. I thank, thank, Edie's, thankful Edie's for Edie's probably maybe freaking out right now. We'll figure it out. How do we? What are you giving away? I want to give away books. Give away some books. But I want to give away books to principals. Well, so I feel like somebody, somebody out there has a principal that needs to read this book. That you want them to like, they need to shift or they need to know that what you're doing is right. And it's 100% on point, according to Red <laughs> I would like to gift it to yes. somebody. How do you have I a do principal? That? Do you have a principal that needs to to read this book, or that you're willing to even give the book to? If so, I think then I don't know. Put a comment in here that you that you wanted the book, and then we'll reach out to you and yeah. figure it out because that's how Edie and that's how Edie did it last so time. We'll say I this. Feel somebody easy, that's I'm here sorry. for the actual live stream. I, I can do this again in a different way. Someone who's here for the actual live stream, put a comment in the chat. Let us know. Um, or, gosh, she's going to strangle me. I should. I don't know. She's not even texting me right now. So she's probably thinking of a way to. Should I have them go to the Facebook group? Is that easier? I this think is you real. Pre-plan this, this stuff. <laughs> I should have pre-planned it. But now I already said it because I'm excited and I want to do it. So this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> she's like, whatever. I'm just used to him. All right. Um, so. I'm going to make 
as soon as we're done. Not on Facebook. That's the only thing she asked. Not, not on the Facebook group? I guess. Not on Facebook. I like that we're working this out right now. That's what we're going to do. And I'll hand, I'll, okay. I'll help handle it. Okay. Oh, you hear that, Edie? If you would like a free book, Teach Your Class Off, Real Rap Guide to Teaching, has nothing to do with rap, everything to do with teaching, um, for your principal or vice principal, um, would you please go to our Facebook group, Real Rap, can you get rid of that thing? Um, Real Rap with Reynolds, uh, Teacher Talk on Facebook, this little thing down here. The link is in the description box below, right? I'm going to do this uh, at the end of the day today. So what I'm going to do as soon as this live feed's over, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to make a post. All I need you to do is say, leave a comment in that post and say that you just want it, right? There's no hoops to jump through. I'm not going to make you do anything crazy. It's hard when people leave comments on here, though, to follow up because you have to watch it live. You don't know how to get people's information. So just go to the Facebook group, sign up. If you're not a part of it already, sign up for it. If you don't have Facebook, just take two seconds and sign up for Facebook. Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. Right as soon as this is over, I'm going to leave a post. And then by the end of today, by midnight tonight, Eastern Standard Time, um, we will, that's when submissions will stop. And then we'll just pick three people at random and we'll send your print. We'll contact you and we'll get your principal, vice principal, dean of students, whoever it is, the leadership of your school, a copy of the book, and we'll send it to them uh, completely free of charge. If you are not already part of the Facebook group and you are going to join just to be able to do this um, special thing, there are three questions in there. Please just answer them real quick. Um, It's mostly just to verify that you're an actual educator yeah. and you're not in there for another reason. We have no way to we actually verify that, but right. but we're trying not to have we're businesses in there and stuff. We don't want to have businesses. We don't have want to have people studying you or selling you stuff or whatever. Um, that's not what it's for. It's, it's to have close, um, vulnerable conversations about what it means to be an educator in, in, in these time, days and times. Um, so that's it, right? Yeah. Cool. Gang. I appreciate all that you do. I appreciate all the people in West Virginia that had me come speak to their school this week virtually that read the book as a book group. And then we had like all these people in the, in a meeting and it was really, really fun. Um, if anyone else is interested in that, you get discount rates. If you do something uh, like if you want the book and you want to read it as a book group for your school, um, just hit me up at realrapwithreynolds.com uh, and you get a special deal on books if you do something like that. Um, and then we have, like things you can use to facilitate the conversation. And then I'll come speak to your school for free. I'll come speak to your book group for free uh, if you do a book study. So, And the website's fixed. It's back up and running. So if oh, you want any merch, if you want to get that cool shirt, go ahead. Well, in that case, go to realrapwithreynolds.com and get some merch. Um, that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week. Here's a word from my boy, Kev, and Snacks. Troubled by strange noises in the middle of your class? you experience feelings of dread in your classroom or school? Have you of any of your staff ever seen a class clown, troublemaker, or sleepy kid? If the answer is yet, don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Reynolds! Our courteous staff are on call 24 hours a day, ready to meet all of your teacher needs. We're We're ready ready to to help help you. you.